When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Welcome to My Millennial Property with John Pigeon and Emily Wallace. Today we're talking about the budget, what happened budget time this week. And on the main show, Vince Scully and I spoke about it in detail. But today we're going to talk about what it means for the property enthusiast. We're also going to talk about our state-based home buyer incentive. So how it applies to you in your individual states. And I think, Emily, sometimes we give too much love to the eastern seaboard. So we're going to generalise it today and cover the whole country. We are indeed. Everyone included in this episode so if you are wanting to learn more about it stick around keen to unpack it all in detail so emily first of all i want an an opinion from you what did you think of the budget this week I'm always underwhelmed by the budget, I'll be honest. There's not been a budget night I can recall that I'm like, yes, they've cracked the code or that's amazing. It's, I guess, to me, it was what I kind of expected. It was nothing that blew me away. But in saying that, I thought some of the commitments that they've come out with are really, really helpful and uh, better than nothing, I guess. Yeah, no, you're right. I agree. It's a bit of a better than nothing sort of a budget and and a lot of promises. Uh, we'll see if they come through. There's been some good, bad and ugly, but as I said, uh, we did cover that in detail with, with Vince on the main show. Um, we want to talk about what what it meant for property investors or, or anyone entering the market to buy their own home uh, or an investment. So uh, let's kick things off. Um, the help to buy scheme. So Albanese's government will help buy a home sooner by cutting the cost of buying a home up to 40%. So that is a massive headline. Mm, Big, very big, especially for first-home buyers. Yes. Now, what it really means if we search through the weeds is it means that the government's going to be putting in or contributing to purchasing the property as a joint ownership scheme, uh, which means that they'll take some ownership of it. Now, it means a small deposit for us as the person, the individual buying. Uh, obviously, a smaller mortgage because they're taking on a part of it, um, and smaller repayments. Uh, open to ten thousand Australians each year. So, interesting to see the uptake on this. Um, personally, I'll get. I'll give you my thoughts first. I wouldn't be going into a joint venture with the government. Um, I'd rather go into a joint venture with someone that I that I knew, I suppose, um, and that would be a last resort anyway, which we want to try and get into it individually. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I think it does have its place and it does work for some people, particularly given that the minimum deposit's only 2%. And for a lot of people, as we know, the questions that we get to the show are about how can I save a deposit sooner and how can I fast track? Serviceability is fine, but I just can't get in. So, it can work in the right situation. I don't know that I would personally enter it because I am a big believer of 
um, control over the situation, uh, particularly when it comes to property. But I do see a place for this scheme uh, that could certainly work for you know, people. I, I guess given they've put 10,000 places uh, annually across Australia, there's only so many people that can get their hands on it in the first instance anyway. Mm, absolutely. And I think the price, the maximum price cap is 950000 So if you're thinking about buying a home over a million dollars, then the, the government's saying we can't help you in this occasion. Yeah. So all the um, caps are all state-based. Uh, I think Sydney's got the highest because they've got the highest medians. Yep, <laughs> um, yep. But yeah, you're right. I mean, the highest threshold being 950. What we will do is put a link to the table um, that actually outlines for every single state what the caps are because we don't need to read it out in its entirety. But Sydney being the highest one uh, at 950. Yeah. And and there obviously, like anything, there is some eligibility criteria. Um, one of them is earning 90 grand or less per annum for an individual or 120 or less per annum for couples. So that that's an interesting one, isn't it? Because with, with the cost of living having gone up, 90,000 is a, is a good wage, but by many accounts with the, the cost of rent, it, it probably means that they're not saving a whole heap of money anyway. Agree. It's a bit tricky. The thresholds on the incomes I think could have been a bit higher. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that would have helped. I think another um, eligibility point that's really important to note, particularly those of you who are thinking about taking this up and you've already engaged a broker this scheme and assessing your income and actually taking out the loan for the part that you own has to be through a participating lender. Now, as far as I'm aware, and correct me if I'm wrong, John, but I'm fairly certain you have to go to the bank directly to do this scheme. Um, Banks like Bendigo Bank, I think is one uh, that's hosting this and has been an approved lender, but I don't believe you can actually go through a broker for this scheme. Mm. Yeah, um, I don't know the answer to that, but um, yeah, check that out. First thing is to is to ask your broker. But if that may add another level of complication to it, because that that's why a lot of people see brokers as a as a good alternative because they sort that stuff out for you. But uh, yeah, um, there's there's definitely some positives of it. You avoid lenders' mortgage insurance, so that that's a big thing. Um, but uh, understanding that. The on sale of that property that the government, uh, as far as I can read, is going to take a, a percentage of the uplift of, of the capital growth on that property as well. So like any joint venture, uh, if you buy something for 600000 and and you go and sell it for a mill, that um, the, the government in that instance will take a percentage of ownership um, profit as well. I wonder what happens if there's a loss. Do they just part with their money? Is that it? Oof, yes. Uh, look, devil's in the detail, isn't it? I think we'll yeah. see more to come on this. But yeah, it's not um, brand new news. They've been talking this up for a little bit. So we're just sort of, um, yeah, bringing you some some uh, further information from, from the budget on um, Tuesday night. So yeah, what else have we got? Well, the other thing that's quite notable is the scheme around the regional first home buyer support. And I think it's so interesting that this is being more and more recognised that regional is where it's at for a lot of first home buyers now. And certainly it might have been in a bit investor heavy at one point in time, 
But I do think there's a lot of first home buyers in that space that do need the assistance. So a lot of it, um, this particular one is around saving the lender's mortgage insurance. Um, the deposit threshold's a little bit higher. So with the other one we just spoke about, it's 2% minimum. Um, this one is a 5% minimum, but the guarantee amount is only up to 15%. So your total, you've got your 20% deposit sorted, 5% from you, 15% from the government, and then um, the rest sorted on a loan, presumably of 80%. So slightly different. Um, the ownership isn't a factor in this one. It's actually that they're basically guaranteeing the um, 15% to make up the 20% as opposed to owning that percentage of your home. Yeah. So basically what they're doing is covering the LMI, aren't they? The lender's yeah. mortgage insurance. Um, now, the, the region-based criteria for this is really interesting and I was talking to Vince about this um, in the other episode or off air, sorry. Um there's parts of like the Central Coast and Lake Macquarie that are considered regional, but others aren't. Um, mm. That's in our region in New South Wales. So yeah, definitely check uh, what's eligible and what's not in terms of region because that may make a big difference. You have to have lived in that particular area for I think the last 12 months. Mm-hmm. Um, your, your taxable income is a little bit higher in this one, up to 125 for singles and 200 for couples per annum. Uh, you need to live in the in the house that you purchase, so it can't be an investor. Um, I just don't know how long you need to live in it for, so we'd, we'd want to check that as well. Um, and you need to obviously be over 18, which is uh, like most of these schemes and incentives. Yeah, and I think what's interesting is the um, – I don't know if the price thresholds are different for this one as well because with the income being different, Presumably, the purchase price might be slightly higher, or the ability to service might be higher as well um, than the uh, shared equity scheme. So, yeah, the again, we will put specific links because all this information is sometimes hard to unravel. There's so many links within the government sites as to what belongs to what. But yeah, uh, yeah the thresholds are an important thing to be uh, aware of, state by state. Yeah, totally. So why the assistance for regional? Um, It's not a massive assistance. It's just the fact that you can now avoid LMI um, using this incentive, which is is obviously a a saving um, that up to 32 grand. If you're paying 32 grand in lenders mortgage insurance, you're buying an expensive property in my mind. Uh, But uh, again, if you're a a doctor or some sort of medical professional, Banks like Westpac, for example, already offer low deposits with no lenders mortgage insurance. So, so some might already have this uh, advantage anyway. But uh, yeah, it's definitely helping the the regionals out as opposed to just focusing on the on the capital cities. Just on that, with obviously some lenders offering LMI waivered or you know ninety percent LVR and for certain professions, I do wonder. In fact, I guess kind of predict in a way that that will expand to more professions, particularly when you look at the unemployment rate being ridiculously low and so many professions in need and very stable income, stable job security. It's typically been accountants, lawyers, medical that that's sort of applied to and some allied health as well. But I do wonder if that will start to expand out because if you can guarantee for one profession, why can't you for another that's maybe, you know, on the same level? So I do think that will expand over time. What do you think? 
Yeah, it sort of bemuses me a little bit because I've worked with clients that have come from different walks of life or different industries as such that qualify for this. Um, an example is like a GP or a medical professional does qualify. Generally, their income's a little bit higher than the median Australian household, but also sporting professionals that are on mm. over 150000 a year. So they can also qualify for it. The thing that bemuses me about that is, yes, it's a higher income, but their contract might be 12 months, two years, three years, and then they're gone. So it, it does surprise me that um, that an industry like that is uh, is covered. So yeah, I, I, I would endorse more of it, um, to be honest, from from other industries and, and other occupations that aren't just higher income. But I suppose the, in the bank's defence, they're saying, well, higher income um, may mean easier repayments and their, their money lent is safer, but yeah, not always the case. Correct. Mm. Now, one final uh, point on the budget that's property related, and there's so many things that obviously play into property uh, within the budget itself, which of course it's worthwhile listening to the episode that John and Vince did uh, on Wednesday's show will have been last week now. But the final one to note is the uh, Housing Australia Future Fund. And this is such an important part of the budget, particularly um, the varying reasons as to why people are facing homelessness or need assisted housing um, across the country. So looking at creating a $10 billion fund, um, looking at building 30,000 new social and affordable housing properties in the first five years of that fund being active. And obviously in turn, they're actually creating thousands of jobs along with that as well. So it's got dual purpose there. If you're being ambitious to build that many properties, you're going to need a few people on deck to help. So I think that's a really important one. Yeah, it is. Um, and as we said on the on the show with Vince, um, the devil's in the detail and, and understanding just how many homes are being built anyway. Um, now, in the past five years, we built 974,732 dwellings anyway. Wow. Right? So to promise a million homes um, over the next five years, which is what they're saying in this fund, and and the, the positive part of this is 30,000 social and affordable housing properties, right? That's the big kicker for this, um, which as I said, will create more jobs and cater more for the um, the affordable living. Um, but there's also the accessible living. And I think that's also an issue is is for, for the disability or the disabled, um, just having accessible homes as well. Um, and I think more emphasis should be put on that. But for them to say $10 million on on, uh, on a fund for the future, yeah, I- I'm not buying it, to be honest, Emily. I'm um, sticking my neck out here. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying they're not changing a lot of what they've already done in the last five years anyway. Um, I think there should be more emphasis put on affordable housing than, than what they've already committed. Um, but that's just my five cents worth. Question off the back of that then, if you had the power (laughs) to help shape policy, and look, maybe one day you will, how cool would that be? Um, (laughs) What would be the first thing you would do to help housing be more affordable for people? That's another episode in itself, isn't it? (laughs) I I think... if we, if we strip it right back, we've got to understand it's a supply and demand issue, 
Yes. Right. So housing affordability has come about because there are not enough dwellings being built for people that are coming into the country or being born. And that's just a, the, a fact, right? To make it, so the price goes up. Okay. So for the, we've got to build a more affordable homes, but we've got to get them on the ground quicker. They're just not being built at a, at a fast enough rate to keep up with um, the, the population growth. So we've got to have councils, we've got to have utility companies like sewer and water and electricity and all these companies or organisations to come together and say, we need to get this through quicker. We need to be able to approve houses in six weeks, not six months. Um, and the, the quicker we can do that, the better chance we've got of pulling back this supply demand issue, which then doesn't push prices up so high, which which then makes it affordable for everyone. While I'm on that, we'd then say, well, we don't need to, to live in four-bedroom, double garage um, with 800 squares of, of land. Uh, okay, that's ideal, but that's not accessible for a lot of people. So the tiny homes concept I really like, right? That That's affordable home. Uh, we, we get a roof over our head in a location that we might um, desire. Um, so that concept needs to be pushed more to be able to build them at a, at a, a quicker rate, but also build them at a lower cost, which makes the end price much more affordable. Love it. And I think that's definitely looking at looking at the whole idea of where the issue comes from at the root of the cause, which is supply and demand. It always fundamentally is. I think a lot of people when they talk about housing affordability and getting in to the market are looking at the fact that, and this kind of feeds into the second part of the show, but looking at the stamp duty reductions and exemptions like for a lot of people they've actually got serviceability to get in and what they want they can afford but to get into something is really difficult because of being slapped with stamp duty uh, that's just like a whack on top that is ridiculous amount and the thresholds aren't really keeping up with the medians in all these areas they haven't been adjusted Um, I've been very passionate about that for a while and I think that solves to a degree, the problem of the existing dwellings of the middle ring of the city. I'm talking like your two bedroom or three bedroom townhouses that are 10 to 12 Ks out from CBDs. Uh, that could solve that issue of accessibility being greater rather than um, having to be pushed further and further out to different rings to avoid those uh, those thresholds in each state. Yeah, absolutely. The, the whole build it and they shall come. It's it's great to live 30K from the city because that's all you can afford. But uh, the infrastructure is not being built quick enough to be able to service um, shops and, and um, yeah, general day-to-day, I suppose, um, living. But, um, yeah, the whole – and without – going too deep on all this, but the the rental crisis, right? There's simply not enough houses to rent and too many people to want to rent them. So what's that doing? Well, that's pushing the the rents up. Uh, If we had more houses and more investors, that would alleviate that problem, wouldn't it? And bring the the rents back down. So that's not going away anytime soon. If if at the the core of the problem, uh, that is not rectified. Agree. Hmm. All right, we take a break and we will come back and talk state-based schemes. 
If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. We also have a panel of trusted mortgage brokers we can connect you with to get you into your first home, an investment property purchase, or to review your current loan if you don't have a broker. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers, and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So let's pre-frame, Emily, by saying... We're not going to go through everything here. We're just going to cover off on what each state does on a high level and then we'll have some show notes with links to be able to click through to your relevant state or state that you might be thinking about buying in at least anyway. Definitely. And I think it's really interesting. A lot of the questions around the state-based incentives come from the fact that people are living in one state and they're moving to another for work or to be closer to family or whatever it might be, uh, or they just weren't even aware there's anything accessible for them. So we'll run through it at a high level, as John mentioned, and put the link so you can uh, have a bit more of a deep dive. But let's kick things off with the ACT. I feel like we need to give a shout out more to the ACT. We don't mention ACT enough. Um, the, na- the, the nation's capital, they are. They are. They get forgotten. Uh, apologies that yeah. you get forgotten, but we we know you're there. <laughs> so, so you don't have to pay stamp duty is basically what we're saying in the yeah. ACT. As long as you're above 18, uh, your total gross income before tax uh, must not be greater than the income threshold, which I don't know what is, but check the, no- check the notes in that. You can't have owned property in the last two years. So that's an interesting one. Oh. So if you've owned property three years ago and sold it, uh, you, you you may still qualify. Uh, and, and one buyer must live in the home for at least one year, starting within 12 months of settlement or completion, which is most of the states. You need to live in it uh, for, for anywhere from six to 12 months and do so within 12 months of, uh, of settlement date. Interesting. And it looks like they had an update on their scheme. So it says that you can now purchase vacant residential land and both new and established properties anywhere in the ACT at any price. So it's actually more to do with the income thresholds and the uh, purchase price uh, thresholds. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. Actually, that threshold is quite high. Um, I just saw there it's 160000 so as long as you're earning underneath that, which is quite high, isn't it? It's one of the higher thresholds. Um, yeah, you, applicants you without to... dependents should not exceed 160,000. That's, yeah. yeah. That's, well, they do pay a lot in Canberra. 
Yeah, true, mm. true, true. So anyway, check um, the revenue office uh, in the ACT, like you would with any of these states. Um, they've got their own revenue office. Again, bit of a rant. Why doesn't the whole country have one revenue office and have one Australia-based um, setup? Bemuses me. Yes, it's the uh, ongoing question and debate in the property world, isn't it? Why? Mm. Why? Who Who thought that, that was a good idea to do it state yeah. by state? Yeah, keeps people in each state and government relevant, doesn't it? Yes. Um, on to New South Wales. Yes, so New South Wales, uh, $10,000 first homeowners grant for a new home that no one has lived in before. Uh, and also you get a full stamp duty concession for both new and established properties valued up to 650000 and then a sliding scale partial concession uh, between six fifty to 800000 Right. So this is what you mentioned before the break, Emily, mm-hmm. this uh, threshold of 650000 in New South Wales, which let's say it's Sydney. What can you buy in Sydney for 649000 A one-bedroom garage. <laughs> at best <laughs> at best oh god the price per square meter seriously like it's just insane i don't yeah. i honestly don't know how people live in sydney <laughs> no nah, it's crazy and, and i actually had a friend just moved from sydney to melbourne and they were extremely surprised as just how cheaper it is in melbourne to to buy property um mm. so yeah interesting but yeah 650 it works in regional centers doesn't work in sydney so that threshold needs to be increased but um that's just our thoughts uh no stamp duty for vacant land which is uh, which is good but again that's a threshold of 350 grand most are, are charging more for blocks of land uh higher than 350 aren't they yeah correct you can't find much land under that i mean unless it's a third of a block or something it's yeah 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 so that's uh that's new south wales in a a bit of a nutshell shout out to the nt we had someone from the nt travel down to our sydney event actually our road Mm -hmm. show uh which was amazing to see someone uh, from the northern territory they have an attractive government scheme um, it is very attractive from the point of view that there's a 10,000 first homeowners grant to build a, uh, buy or build a new home, uh, a discount of up to, let's call it 24 grand off the stamp duty on an established home to the value of 650. So that's pretty much saying there's, there's no stamp duty there up to 650, which is gets you a bit f- more real estate in Northern Territory than it does in, in Sydney, doesn't it? Yeah, indeed. The threshold is a lot more uh, relevant to that state. I think, yeah, that buys you a fair bit. Yeah. Uh, at a 10,000 home renovation grant, so 10,000 for a reno, ooh, was it get us new blinds and curtains? Pretty much, a bit of paint. Yeah. <laughs> but Depending if you employ a painter or do it yourself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then a, a 2,000 household goods grant scheme. So don't know the nuts and bolts of that. But look, they're trying, aren't they? They're, they're giving a few more options for more people in Northern Territory than other states. Yeah, it encourages home improvement by the sounds of that, having some renovation yes. grant and some goods. Presumably goods might be like oven or something like that. I don't know, white goods. But yeah, uh, yeah. and then that in turn gives, you know, the economy more money to play with in terms of buying and supplies and keeping people in jobs to do renovation. So I quite like that one. Yeah. Not going to move to the NT for it, but <laughs> I do like it. <laughs> 
All right, so Queensland. What have we got in Queensland? Sunny Queensland. Queensland not looking too bad, actually, with um, $15,000 for their first homeowner grant towards buying or building your new home unit or townhouse uh, at a value of up to $750,000. So that's pretty healthy overall. Yeah, it's not too bad for Queensland really. Like you probably, that leaves the top end of town out of it, but in a lot of places you could definitely get that done, couldn't you? Yeah, indeed. So that's pretty good in my opinion. Um, Mm. Intrigued by this $5,000 regional home building boost grant, it's given to people after the purchase or after the construction of their new home. Uh, again, with that threshold of 750000 But presumably that's to give people a boost for things that aren't finished or maybe they need additional funds to actually furnish their new home, maybe landscape yeah. it, uh, that sort of thing. So that's a bit of a, um, a boost that I don't think is in any other state. No, and it's interesting that it's just a regional thing. Um, I'll take that as regional being regional Queensland, right? So... You've given five grand in regional Queensland, but not in the city? Correct. Yeah. So maybe, I don't know what the reasoning is behind that exactly, but yeah. maybe they, to encourage just, regional. They don't think regional people landscape their home or something. <laughs> but any case, um, take the five grand and run. But you'd think in regional Queensland that under 750, you'd, you'd qualify for the first homeowner's grant as well as the 5K for sure. Indeed. Then they've got their um, stamp duty concessions as well for both new and existing. So that concession is uh, no stamp duty up to $550,000 and then a sliding scale discount uh, for homes over $550,000. But it actually doesn't specify an an end value. Um, If you're in Queensland, maybe do a little bit more digging on the uh, state website around your stamp duty liability. Yep, absolutely. Uh, And then the first home vacant land concession for transfer duty when acquiring vacant land to build your first home. So the land has to be valued under 400,000. So similar thing is that the stamp duty or transfer duty, if the land's under 400K, you get a concession, which uh, you would suggest, again, apart from the top end of town, that you would get, uh, you qualify for that. Yes, I think so. It sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, All right. Off to South Australia where I once lived. So probably one of the worst, I think, um, in terms of South Australians that you've missed out, unfortunately, um, compared to other states. But yeah, it still has 15K, which is not too bad for a a purchase or construction of a new home. So pretty general across, um, across Australia in terms of these first homeowner grants for new builds, uh, but no stamp duty concession, which is where everyone wants to win, don't they? It's, it's just if I don't have to pay stamp duty, it means that I can get into my home quicker. Yeah, you're in the same boat with second time buyers, investors, everyone. There's no benefit um, when it comes to stamp duty of being a first home buyer in SA. I think mm. the South Australian government should probably take a little bit of a look at that um, yeah. and take the lead of some of the other states, at least to have some sort of threshold of reduction. Um, yeah. But maybe that will come in time. Yeah, totally. And you look at, I suppose, the the price of real estate in Adelaide, uh, more importantly, and that's grown considerably in the last couple of years. So, uh, indeed, the stamp duty would have risen with it. So, yeah, disappointing, but maybe they can take a leaf out of New South Wales and, and have the option of land tax or stamp duty to get first home buyers in there. More choice, the better, I reckon. Mm. 
Now, Tassie, shout out to my fellow Tasmanians. Well, that's where I grew up. Uh, They're actually the best for the dollar value of the grant. So it's $20,000 for first-term buyers who are building or purchasing a new residence um, that's been newly built. That's pretty significant and I'm sure would help with the construction costs. Um, And then a 50% stamp duty discount uh, of established homes uh, to the value of $400,000 or less. Presumably it's full stamp duty after that point in time. Again, probably the threshold needs to be reviewed because 400K doesn't buy you much in Tassie anymore, but it's something. No, it doesn't. Absolutely. And and just backtracking quickly, I just did a calculation mm. for South Australia. Uh, no stamp duty concession on a 700K purchase in Adelaide potentially. You're paying close to 40 grand in stamps. So, yeah, that's a that's a big miss. Mm, massive. All right. You're living in Victoria. This is where we're up to now. So uh, you're still getting 10000 for new builds up to seven fifty, which uh, which is not too bad, I suppose. Uh, but the home must be less than five years old. So I don't know how much interest there is in, in new homes um, buying them at three or four years old. So I don't know why they've got that in there, to be honest, but it's there anyway. Yeah, I think if they uh, some of the developers hold stock and literally I know of properties that just are vacant just sitting there and they yep. strategically sell them off in different years okay. and so you could actually benefit from some leftover developer stock in that case that's never been yeah. lived in. They've got some deep pockets if that's the case, haven't they, holding it on for that long. Yeah. Indeed. Um, unfortunately, your regional grant ended that 20 k last year, so disadvantage there. But um, you got stamp duty exemptions up to six hundred, which again we spoke about before the break is not much. No, and then the sliding scale up to seven hundred and fifty thousand. And just touching on the fact, so a lot of these, I mean, every state has some sort of threshold, apart from South Australia, poor things, um, mm-hmm. of where it you know caps out and where all of a sudden you get really slapped with stamp duty. I think. To anyone who's looking at buying and keeping those concessions in mind and those thresholds, don't let that dictate your purchase. Like I, sh- I would see it as a bonus if I got a concession. I wouldn't be buying on the basis of a concession. And what I mean by that is a property that might be worth, you know, you're paying $780,000 for it versus seven hundred and fifty, dollars and it's an A-grade property versus a B-grade property whilst you are losing out on some concession and it's a little bit more, I would argue that, a well-performing property long-term might actually make you money, not lose you money. So you've yeah. got to be careful what you chase. Yeah, totally agree with that. Don't just look at the dollar signs of what you're saving, but what you're making, isn't it? Spending is saving. <laughs> Spending is saving. Very good. <laughs> uh, so over to the West, the Western Australians, they have $10,000 also as a first home owner grant to buy or uh, build a newly built residential property for their use, PPR only, principal place of residence, which most of these are, uh, and a stamp duty waiver, get this, on a home valued up to 430000 for first home buyers. So regional WA might be okay, but doesn't qualify for many in Perth, I wouldn't have thought. No, it's such a random figure too. Like they could have made it four fifty, four thirty is so random. And then they've got their sliding scale up to five hundred and thirty thousand. It's a yes. bit bizarre. <laughs> yeah, someone woke up one day and dreamt about a figure, didn't they? <laughs> uh, so, as with all of these state grants, go to your revenue office in your state for for more details there and 
punch your numbers in your stamp duty calculators. As Emily said, don't just go and look for these grants and try and qualify yourself if the dwelling type or the, the location or the asset in general is not a desirable one for you. Um, you. You take it into account and if you get it, it is a bonus. For sure. And I think it's important also to understand how to apply for these. So when you have you know, your little A team of um, the property journey ensuring you've got a mortgage broker and a conveyancer, potentially a buyer's agent as well in the mix. A lot of these forms related to these concessions do fall on you to complete and to submit. They can be assisted by the conveyancer when it comes to the stamp duties and they can be assisted by the broker when it comes to the grants. But just be aware that there is a level of paperwork involved and you do need to submit them in a timely manner to make sure you get the funds that you're eligible for. Totally. Yeah. Speaking of buyers agents, what's happening for you on the ground at the moment? What's uh, what's everyone looking for out there in Melbourne country? Oh, lots of apartment buying at the moment, which doesn't surprise me. Um, I have said for a while and harped on about the fact I think apartments will make a comeback and they already are. The lifestyle factor seems to be big for people here in Melbourne and particularly first home buyers. Solid A-grade apartments in boutique blocks is what I'm walking through a lot at the moment. And uh, then on the other end of the scale, I'm really having trouble with the um, the higher end of the market with family homes in blue chip areas. No one wants to move out of it at the moment. Mm. Uh, they've secured their little nest and they're not overly enticed to sell because nothing's flying drastically uh, over the quote. So, yeah, we've got a bit of a supply and demand sh- uh, shortage at the top end of the market. Yeah, okay. And is that sort of also due to uncertain times? They just don't know. They don't want to maybe upgrade because they potentially don't not sure about interest rates and all these cost of living increases? Well, the buyers are there to upgrade. I think the incentive for those who own the big homes to downsize is not quite yep. there because yep. they might only they might be buying it at the same price they sold out for. Um, so that's a bit tricky. Uh, just because of the stock. So, yeah, there is a level of uncertainty to some degree, but it's hard to get someone to – there's no such thing as too much house, you know, like if they've got a big house, you may as well just stay put, Um, whereas the need to upsize becomes more evident and that's where the movement is. Apartments into townhouses seems to be a lot happening in that space. Yeah, Yeah, interesting, isn't it? Um, Just just going back to that uh, budget episode I did with Vince, we were mm. talking about the uh, retirees had a bit of a win. Um, in the budget, they were talking about the downsizer or, or the the other end of um, retirement where the change in ruling there through the budget was that you can actually put your money from the sale of a property into super earlier now, um, I think down from 60 to 55. So five years earlier, you can throw it into super and uh, and live happily ever after uh, on the proviso that you'd be hopefully downsizing to, to a cheaper property, I suppose. So that was, a, that was a win for someone who's sitting at 55 right now. That's a very big win. And I think much needed as well, because if people were just holding in their property, waiting for them to tick over 60, then yeah, it doesn't quite yeah. make sense. Might free up some stock maybe. Yeah. Well, that was the initiative I think from the government was to say, we, we need to move more stock here and, and get more people into housing. So that, that might be an incentive to cut that by five years. So yeah, good times. Indeed. Well, uh, I did mention on, well, we both did a solo episode recently. You did the investor side of things. I did the first home buyer side of things. And when I did that episode, I mentioned that you and I might do an annual episode about the incentives and concessions to make sure they're updated every year. So we'll yes. probably earmark October every year as uh, an episode on updates of 
the thresholds and all the rest of it. But for now, what we've spoken about today is valid for 2022. As of today's date, if it changes next week, well, I don't know. <laughs> we have to re-record, yeah. but that's We're pretty not much... responsible. No, we're not responsible. It's guidance only. (laughs) But we will put links in the show notes so you can do some of your own research as well. Absolutely. Very good. All right. Good chat. Thanks for allowing us into your ears. And until next time, we'll uh, chat soon. See ya. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders past, present and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. Taking your property journey to the next level starts with education. That's why we make this podcast, but we've also created online courses to equip you with the knowledge you need to take the next steps. I've created the Solvair Online Academy, open to both first home buyers and seasoned investors, where I share my tips and experience from 20 years in the property space. And if you're a first home buyer, I have the course just for you. Everything from pre-approval all the way through into your settlement and everything in between. How to place an offer, how to bid at auction, what to even look for at an open home and what questions to ask the agents. It's all covered in my online course. Follow the links in the show notes to sign up and get started today. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.